Welcome to Smart Businesses Do This, where I am joined by these two incredible gentlemen, and we're gonna be talking about exactly what it takes to create a smart culture that actually succeeds inside your company. You are listening to Smart Businesses Do This, the podcast show for freelancers, side hustlers, and upcoming small business owners who want to transform their current business or business idea into a company that is built to succeed, simple to run, and gives you the freedom to live your life on your own terms. I'm your host, Adam Lyons. Let's get started. So if you guys wouldn't uh, mind just take a minute, introduce yourselves and just tell us a little bit about the company that you work in. Uh, my name is Josh Thomas, uh, and I started a company called Unbreakable Teams. What we do is we help businesses triple their productivity without adding additional costs, without having to hire anyone new, and without having to micromanage your employees. My name is Tim Kimbrough. I'm the president of TCS Mechanical. Um, we are a large plumbing, process piping, HVAC contractor uh, based in Bastrop, but we work all over. Awesome. So, uh, you know, especially as we are, we're at the start of 2023. And let's be real, the, uh, the over the last few years, we have had a crazy uh, economic and also business landscape. I mean, from COVID in 2020, which feels like it was just a minute ago, but we're talking three years ago, through to, um, you know, financial craziness with inflation that's affected the economy. Before we even talk about what it takes to create a good culture, what are some of the, the issues that you've seen that are unique that have come up in the last couple of years? Maybe start with you, Tim. Well, I mean, we found out that plumbers are essential workers. Um, <laughs> COVID-19 was a very unpredictable time. Nobody really knew what was going to happen. Um, so it was it was really challenging, not, not knowing if our projects that we were currently doing were going to sh shut down, but then there were other things that were deemed essential that were ramping up. So we were really fortunate in, the, in our industry that we were able to keep everybody employed and going. And in fact, we, we even increased our, our, our workforce through that time. I love that it took COVID for people to realize that having somewhere to poop was important. You know, like <laughs> you think they'd have worked that out by now. But. <laughs> and working, you know, working from home, one thing that we learned is, is we don't have to have everybody sitting in a conference room. Zoom and um, Teams and things like that are, are great tools that, that our company wasn't really using until COVID came. And then we saw that we can make this work yeah. and, and increase productivity, not, not pull guys off of a job site to come to the office to have a meeting. They could zoom in and be just as effective. I, I love that. We, one of the clients that I work with, uh, they have a trucking company and uh, it was impossible for them to have meetings because the truck drivers were on the road and now suddenly they can do a, a 15 minute stand up every day yeah. with 200 truck drivers who basically have no excuse not to turn up to meetings anymore. They're coming, oh, sorry boss, I'm delayed. You know, it's like they have to do it. And also I suspect, I never really thought about this, but when people are using the restrooms at home, I suppose they use them more often. I suppose that made sense for the increase in plumbing. Uh, yeah, Josh. Yeah, no, I had a quick comment about that. You, you asked what, what kind of changes did that bring about? Yeah. So uh, I, I remember sitting there March 15th-ish, 2020, sitting in a bar and the NBA canceled the rest of the season. And, and I'm like, oh crap, What's, you know, this is getting real. Mm -hmm. And from there, there was this immediate thought that, okay, everybody's going home. Everybody's going to work from home. That may actually fundamentally change the way that 
entire city ecosystems work mm -hmm. because a city is built around the, com the commerce and the center. And if everybody's at home, what's going to happen when those office buildings are empty? And uh, as Tim was mentioning about everybody got on Zoom, we realized the good thing, we realized we don't necessarily have to go into an office. The bad thing was, well, we also don't know what our employees are doing. And it's getting a little bit harder to track, not necessarily harder, but it's a different type of challenge because the kids are running around, uh, you know, I, I'm taking a trip to the grocery store and all this stuff that we didn't have to think about when everybody was in the office building. And so it presents these new challenges that now have to be solved. So I, I love that. And, you know, let's bring this around to the point of core values. So we just fired two staff members that I would say were key members of our team. These were two of the highest paid, most important roles in our company. And um, I had a good buddy of mine be like, dude, I know you make smart choices, but why the hell would you fire your top two key guys at the start of the year? Like wh what was the reasoning? And I said, it was really simple. Over Christmas, me and uh, my vice president, uh, Eve, we sat down and we looked at the core values in our company and we decided to refine them and be much more specific about what they truly meant. Like what was the intention behind them? We agreed with them, but we really wanted to, to drill them in and make them practical. In doing so, we then decided that we would look at every staff member and grade them based on not their work, but how close they followed the core values. In doing so, we found that the, the employees that we thought did the best work had the lowest core value rating, and the employees that we thought were just doing okay had the highest core value rating. Well, then when we dug deeper and we're like, well, why were these employees just doing okay? We found time and time again, they weren't being given the information or the structure or the SOPs they needed from the people that had the lowest core values that supposedly were in these high-end roles. And the more we dug deep, the more we found that these higher rolled people were kind of skating by, not really doing any work, but it looked amazing because they were riding on the credibility of all these lower level workers that were actually doing a reliable job and could do more if they were given more. So it was a really clear choice, but we would never have seen it if we only looked at work output or the grade of the work. Instead, we looked at the core values. In removing these two people, everything in the company got smoother. The energy in the company is better. Revenue jumped up. Like it was an absolute no brainer. And of course our payroll went down. So I'm a huge fan of core values. I think it's such an important part of any company. So um, with that being said, what would you say are some of like the biggest realizations you've had about the need for having core values in a company? Josh, you want to go first? So, well, core values are essential. Two, three years ago, I got introduced to the idea and I was like, oh, this seems like a waste of time. Uh, and then it just kept coming up. It's like a Chinese water drip torture, you know, it's just <laughs> like, no, you will use this now. And uh, so I finally bought in and I'm like, all right, well, what do I stand for? What do I stand for? I mean, that's really, if you're going to run a company, you have to first start with what are your core values? What do you want to represent? And what do you want to grow and expand out there in the world? I actually, uh, I love this as a really good phrase that I want to share with you, which is if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Mm -hmm. It's like anyone can manipulate you, anyone can trick you, any problem in the economy is gonna destroy you. But if you know what you stand for, it's so much easier to get the results that you want. So yeah, I wanted to add Yeah, that. yeah, and so, and so I, I set out to do the work to figure out, well, what are my core values? What do I stand for? And then I wanted to make sure that I surrounded myself with 
people that did also stand for those same core values. And that's when I started realizing there were some people around me that, you know, that doesn't fit. I have four core values. They're very simple and you don't have all four of them. And that's where there's, there's always friction when that happens. And if we can eliminate that friction, it gives us more opportunities to be more productive, to get more done. There's higher buy-in, there's higher loyalty, uh, and everybody's happier and less stressed. Tim, you have thoughts on that? Yeah, I think the core values, when you talk about building a culture, when you talk about attracting people to your, to your company, your core values are very, very important. And you need to have your core values be something that the people that you want to come work for your company believe in as well. That'll help attract people to your company, especially millennials, right? We, there are certain things that the millennial generation wants to see in their employer, and it's not always about money. That's right. So you can match your core values to also help you with your culture and, and growing your company. Uh, I found it interesting. I, I taught a class for 17 years to apprentices, and they were from every contractor um, in Austin. And I would always ask them what their company's mission statement was. They never knew. So that's a problem. You know, if the, if your workforce and the people that are the boots on the ground don't even know what your company's mission statement is, how can you ever accomplish the mission? Right? So we, we try to be, very uh, engaged with our people from the top down um, so that they, they understand what it is we're all about. And I think it goes to building your company culture. I love that. And I think there's a point you said there that's really key, which is a lot of staff nowadays, it's not the Gen X generation. It's definitely not the boomers. It is millennials and starting to be Gen Z. Um, to, to continue on that point, what would you say is like the key areas to work with people who are millennials or Gen Z? Um, well, what do we know about the millennials? They, um, they all grew up with cell phones and internet. I, my generation did not. They're very, very tech savvy. Our industry is, is, is moving that direction very quickly. You know, the, the days of construction with, with drawings and blueprints, that's all going away. It's all digital now. And they are very, very, very good at that. Um, the other thing is that they, they want to be a part of something or feel like they're a part of something that's bigger than themselves and that's doing good. Not just, I'm an owner, you know, you're, you're not just coming to work to, to, to make me wealthy. You're coming to work because you're a part of something. And, and something that I've realized um, and when I talk to my guys, they don't work for me, right? They come to work because they want to support their families. They have that. That's what really motivates people to go to work is to is for themselves and their family. That's who they're really working for when, when they leave the house every day. And I think realizing that and and realizing that if you if you're an employer that has good talent, you're pretty fortunate, right? You're lucky to have those people on your team. Well, that's right. And, and I'll add to that. Uh, the, the, the problem with most businesses that are struggling, it is not that they don't have great leadership and great vision. 
It is not that they don't have uh, well-trained, well-vetted team members to do the work. And it is not that they don't have clear instructions uh, that's going from one place to the other. That's not the issue. The issue is if I'm sitting at a computer and I type in some commands, the computer will execute those commands because it's a computer. But if I'm sitting in my business and I send those commands to my staff, my staff is not a computer. My staff are human beings, carbon life forms, carbon-based life forms. They lost their boyfriend last night. Their kid got sick. Uh, their, their mom has an emergency and they have to travel across the country suddenly. Computers don't have to do that. People do. And that's where you have to close that gap and make sure you understand like these people, not machines, they are operating on something that's, it has to be bigger than like, I am going to punch a clock. I'm going to push some buttons because that's what a machine does. I have to belong to something. I have to be part of something that's bigger than myself, like what Tim was saying. And I have to be showing up to work for something more than just a paycheck because Anytime, anytime you ask somebody, do you like what you do? The first thing that comes to their mind if they don't like it is, ah, it's a paycheck. <laughs> that doesn't sound very fun, right? If you like what you do, if you really love what you do, then it's because you're part of something that's bigger than you. So I, I think this is key, right? For, for, for anyone listening here, if you don't have core values in your company, you can't write them down. Especially if you're a solopreneur, I would say the first thing you do is write down your core values. So like, I'm just gonna look at some people that I know they should totally have their core values. And um, I think the best way to get your core values is actually to ask one simple question. You contact five people that you know the best, that know you the best, and say, what are the qualities that you believe that I have that are going to make me successful or that make me successful if you've already made it? And you just write every single one of these qualities down and these are your core values. If you instead try to create core values that you don't naturally embody, I find it gets really hard. You know, if you're like, uh, every single day we should wake up at 5 a.m. and hit the gym, but you're like a 10 a.m. roll out of bed kind of guy and do your work when you feel like it, that, that isn't a good core value. But what might be a core value is I get the work done no matter what time of day I start. And it's like, okay, that's a cool core value. And now, it, and now you're creating a culture, okay, well, we're gonna work from home. We don't have an official set start time, but we are gonna have a meeting in the afternoon every day, you know, something along those lines. And that would create a culture of people that can wake up late and be night owls. And they're probably gonna have more of a go out in the evening kind of culture with a slow start. Um, and I think that's really important. So um, with that being said, I think the biggest core value I have, the one that uh, is probably the most important in our company is lead with empathy. Lead with empathy is one of our, one of our higher level values. And the whole point is if somebody turns up late for work, if somebody is struggling at work, the very first thing we say to them is, are you okay? Not why are you late? Why didn't you get the work done? Where have you been? Just are you okay? And what this does is most of the time we're dealing with a situation where the person is okay, but there was an issue on the way to work, or, you know, there was a traffic jam or maybe they woke up late. But from the, are you okay? We have a no conflict situation. That person, they feel guilty because they're having to admit that it was kind of their fault and they didn't plan, but we're not in an arguing situation. And so they're like, you know, I'm so sorry. And we found them far more likely to not do that again. 
on the other hand, there have been a few situations where somebody had a, a very genuine problem at home or one of them rolled their car on the way to work and they'd had an injury and they were gonna just sit down at their desk and work. And instead we find out there's a serious problem and it allowed us as a company to actually step in. In one situation, we paid for the repairs to the vehicle. In another situation, we gave somebody a day off of work and we're like, you shouldn't even be here, uh, which ended up being three days of work. And actually that was last week. So, and, and it's totally justifiable. And as a company, we're actually supporting the staff member that needs support at the moment they need support and, and we're capable of looking after them. So what would you two say was your number one core value that you think is like the key thing that makes your success and that you believe uh, is an important part of your company? Well, first I want to add to that. I love lead with empathy. It's not one of my core values, but it's definitely something that I embody. Uh, and I'll, I'll give you a, I'll give you one, one little trick to lead with empathy. Now, are you okay? That's a great one. Uh, but if somebody misses a task, they blow it. This has happened to me several times. And my first reaction is why the hell didn't you do that? That's what I say to myself. <laughs> and then after I'm done saying that to myself, uh, then I just ask them, I, I assigned this task to you, it was due at this time. Can you help me understand what happened, why it didn't get done? Because I don't know. Like, I thought that I was clear, maybe I wasn't clear. Every single time, I get a clear explanation. It didn't happen because this, this, and this, or, man, I just blew it. Okay, cool. But like Adam said, we removed all the conflict. Can you help me understand why this happened? Not, why didn't you do it? You're asking the same thing, but now I'm just seeking to understand instead of blame, right? So uh, as far as core values, um, I'll share mine. I'd, I'd love to hear everybody's core values. Uh, and if anybody in the audience, I don't know if we can do audience participation, but uh, my core values, what I realized that I stood for is four simple things. Uh, number one, all of my life, I've been the guy that makes the time. I make the time for the things that are important to me. So make the time. Uh, I've always been the guy that will do the work. So do the work is one of my core values. Uh, I learned about 10 years ago, somebody said this to me and I, I really internalized it. Basically everything that happens in your life to you is your own damn fault. Uh, and so one of my core values is own all outcomes. Whatever it is that's happening, good or bad in my life, it's my fault. And then the last thing that, that I know that I really stand for is I want to try as, as hard as I can in everybody's life to be the difference. And so be the difference is my fourth core value. And so for, for any of you that, that know me, hopefully one or more of those core values resonates with you and your interactions with me. And if it doesn't, let me know because I got work to do. Um, but what's the most important thing for me? Making the time finding the time for somebody. Everybody's like, oh, I'm too busy. You know, ah, I would have done this, but I'm busy. Just make the time. That to me, when I make the time for people, even if I don't have it, even if it's inconvenient, making that time creates bonds. It creates relationships that you wouldn't expect. Uh, and it leads to amazing results that you never would have possibly thought of. Yeah, I love that. What about you, Tom? The, uh, Tim, sorry, the, what you think is like the biggest core value for you? Uh, I think empathy, what you, what you said earlier, and understanding your employees and knowing your employees is, is a big part of it. Um, career's a long time. The best employee out there over 
a 30 year career is going to have peaks and valleys. They're going to experience things. And we do an exercise where, and our society's changed, right? You got a guy that's coming to work late two to three times a week and having to leave early. Don't just go fire the guy, go talk to him, right? Find out what's going on. If he's been an asset for your company for years, he might tell you, look, I went, I just went through a divorce and I've got joint custody of my kids. So on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I got to take them to school, but I can't get them there till seven. And I know I'm supposed to be here at seven, but seven's the earliest I can drop them off. So I can't be here till 7.30. If he's an asset to your company, you're going to want to work with that guy. And I, and I, when I, lecture and talk about that you know I have some people go no 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 you got to cut that guy loose and I said well then you cut me loose right because that's my situation I have custody and some days I can't be there and you work with those people and um, I, I think the biggest thing is is knowing knowing your people and knowing where they want to go in their career and helping them get there we, we do a lot of events we want to know um, we want to know our people we want to know their wives we want to know their kids it, we want to have a big one big family atmosphere because there, there's times people are going to go through things and if we have an opportunity to help we want to help actually I, I love love what you worded there and this is really really key for everyone here you said we have a family atmosphere but he didn't say we are a family and I, I really want to differentiate because I, I, I love that wording by the way um, we are a family is something I often hear in small struggling businesses and I never hear in big successful ones but I do hear a family atmosphere or creating that family environment which is a welcoming environment I, I love saying to companies when I go in if I ever hear we're a family here I'm like can we just kill that right now because I don't know about you I don't really enjoy hanging out with my family and I, I, I mean that with love uh, but you know like Thanksgiving Christmas time I'm like oh my god here we go again I love my kids I love my immediate family my dad's okay you know like I've got like a list uh, my cousin's great that's about it that's about as far as it goes of, of the ones that I enjoy being with um, and, and it's nothing against them it's just after years and years of being together these are not the people that, that I would necessarily choose to spend my time with I would rather spend time with what I call my family of choice my friends the people that I really enjoy hanging out with and I have a really good friend group um, I like telling people we're, a, we're an elite club it's a, it's a membership only club and we're all in the club and as long as you follow the club rules you are in the club and if you are in the club it's like hello welcome good to see you we've got your favorite chair oh I hope you don't mind we prepared your favorite dish sir and that's kind of like what our club is like in the company on the flip side the minute you break a bunch of rules that like, you are not welcome anymore please leave the club um, you know that that's right change the password change the password yeah and I, I love that concept um, as a way of thinking about it but you know in terms of like there's the culture which is the core values and actually I do want to check in just with every, everyone here that's live we've got a whole bunch of people Raise your hand if you have core values in your company. Let's see, let's see how many of you guys. So it's it's some of you, not all of you. And you know what's really funny is because I know a lot of you guys, those of you guys that make the most money, your hand went straight up for your core values. Those of you guys that make less money, your hands didn't go up or they kind of like there was a half up. I, I can't tell you how important it is to get your core values. Because when you have your core values and you stick to them, it even helps with 
customers. Because customers will say to you, what's the experience gonna be like working with you? What can I expect? And it's really funny, um, I've been selling a program that has no website, no written material or anything. And I've made probably about a quarter million dollars in the last seven days selling this program. And the program is sold purely on core values and not on any specific anything else. So essentially I just say, look, the core values of this program are, you can, you can expect this, you can expect this, you can expect this, you can expect this. And they're like, is there any written material? Nope. But these are my core values. This is what I'm going to be following. And you can guarantee that I'm going to go above and beyond to fulfill these core values because it's who I am. Almost every single person that was the right fit was like, hell yeah, I'm in, let's do it. And in doing so, like actually there's, there's one of the guys in the room and he already knows who he is, but within 24 hours, I've already given him an opportunity to take equity in another company because that's what I meant when I'm gonna follow my core values. There was no way I was gonna write down on a piece of paper, by the way, I'm gonna use my own network to see if there are any business owners I know that wanna give away equity to have somebody come in and grow their company for them because that's a really big promise. But do I know how to fulfill that? Absolutely. Will I be willing to put an amount of time in to keep pushing those things forward? Absolutely. Because I've done my core value criteria and I'm like, yeah, I think this person matches my core values. I know what my core values are and the sale can happen. And so for any of you that are like, you know, I really want to make more money or I really want to grow my revenue. You got to have those core values down. You got to know exactly what they are and they will make sales for you. Not just in terms of looking after your own customers, but uh, sorry, in terms of your own staff, but also your own customers. Um, so with that being said, before you guys had core values, what would you say was the moment when you realized, I think I have a problem with the core values in my company or, or I need to do something? Like what, what was like a nightmare scenario you faced? Uh, well, so I have been a consultant for um, service-based businesses for about 15 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's this one that I've been with for many years and it keeps evolving and it keeps growing. And then we finally got to this point, we, we brought in an, an EOS implementer and, and all this stuff. And then we had this conversation about core values. I'm like, core values, that's stupid. <laughs> like, why do we need that? That's ridiculous. Uh, and I fought it, you know, like, well, you got to turn in what you think is the best core values. No, I'm not going to do it. You know, you don't pay me for that. <laughs> and so I fought it and then they came up with some core values that were like, okay, you know, and then I, I, I joined a mastermind, I joined Apex. And this was like two months later after I was just like, core values are ridiculous. And I'm sitting in a room in Dallas and then this, this, this giant burly gentleman with a huge beard, he comes up and he's like, today we're going to talk about core values. I'm like, crap, <laughs> this is stupid. Why did I pay for all this? You know? Uh, but then as he kept talking and kept talking and I started hearing some examples and it really started sinking into me how essential this was. And I remember there was an example, uh, from Sam Smith, who's not in the room, but he normally is here. He shared his original core values, which were something along the lines of, we're going to show up on time. You know, we're, we're not going to cut corners. We're never going to fail. Yeah. <laughs> we're never going to screw up, you know? And then he went through this exercise and he shared his new core values and his new core values were, we create excellence. You know, we take care of each other. We lead with empathy, stuff like that. And it was like, that's when it clicked for me because his original core values were created from spite, <laughs> you know? And when he, when they evolved, they were created from abundance and creativity. What do I want to give to the world? 
what do I want to show the world that I'm worth instead of how do I control my employees better? You know what I love is um, I love when you can look at a business and you can see the core values of the business owner or the business clearly. Like, so I think one of my favorite um, examples of core values is Elon Musk. Like Elon Musk has kind of become a celebrity at this point, but in his own world, he's a business person. And there's this really cool interview where he's being interviewed about SpaceX. And the interviewer is like a YouTuber who says, oh, have you thought about this situation? It's some kind of engine thing. And you see Elon Musk look at him and go, hmm, no. And actually we need to test that. And you, you see his face, he goes from business owner, entrepreneur, celebrity to engineer <laughs> who's trying to solve a problem. And there's no ego, it's just like, yep, that's something we need to test. And what I love about it is it shows you that Elon Musk's prime thing that he cares about is bettering mankind. Not an individual person, like he doesn't care about you or me, yeah. he cares about humanity. He wants us to be able to live on another planet. He wants us to be able to fly you know, in the solar system. He wants us to be able to have cars that don't need oil. He's looking at what everyone thinks is the biggest problem and he's just trying to solve it. He's also a flawed human being. He fails, he's got a whole bunch of personal issues and he can't handle his dating life. He seriously needs help. Elon, call me if you need help. But, um, <laughs> but I'm just saying that um, you know, beyond that, it's really clear what his core values are. And, and whether he says them or not is kind of irrelevant. And I think that's what it truly means to core values. Like when people meet me, they always say the same thing. They're like, I can tell you care. And that's why I lead with empathy is one of my biggest, I truly care. Like if you have a problem, I really want to help you. Like at my core, I want to help. It isn't about the money. It's about helping. The money is just a nice side effect. And when people can realize who you are, everything else gets so much easier. Mm. So how about you, Tim, what would you say? Um, well, I think as a leader, accountability, right? If you're going to hold people accountable, you need to hold yourself accountable for first. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to core values, one of ours, which is unique, I don't think there's, haven't heard of another company having it. And I'm not going to take credit for it. One of our vice presidents came up with it. <laughs> we don't work for assholes. I love that. <laughs> right. So we're not going to go get a contract just to, just to get a job. Right? Somewhere. Yeah. It, it is. is and, and we tell all of our customers <laughs> the first time we meet with them, you know, if, if you're going to be an asshole to us and our people, then this will be the only job we do with you. Nice. We want, you know, we want projects. We want to be part of the team. We don't want people beat up all the way. We want, we want to make this whole project successful and there's nothing written anywhere. Yeah, we got to work and, and, and work hard, but there's nothing written anywhere that says it can't be fun. Mm. And if you have, an a-hole that kills that, right? So it's not an environment that we want to put our people in. I love that that's like a public core value for you. That's totally a hidden core value for us. We, <laughs> yeah, we, he's like, no. Yeah, we we have uh, five hidden core values, which which we don't call. Yeah, we don't call them core values. We call them uh, criteria. But we have these five criteria that let us know if a customer is going to be good or not. So I mean, we don't define it as arsehole. We probably could. We could probably just get rid of the five and just write, we don't work with arseholes, which I, I love just as a um, but we've got these other five criteria that let us know if they're the right kind of person for us to work with. And uh, of all of them, my favorite one, like I, I won't list all of them because they are their secret source, but our, our biggest one is anyone who gets angry about spelling errors, we don't work with them. If, if a spelling error or a typo is gonna detract from what is trying to be said in the work, 
we won't work with you. It's okay to point it out. I actually have a guy recently went through a bunch of my work and pointed out a whole bunch of spelling errors and was like, yo, just in case you're interested, I noticed these errors. You may want to pass them on somebody. That guy I'll work with all day, every day. He's great. He did a little bit of our work for us. He helped us out. We love him. It's the ones that's like, yeah, I don't know what I think about you. You know, there's a typo on page 37 and it tells me a lot about somebody, which remarkably, they're not wrong. It tells them that we care about the big picture. We care about delivering results. We care about actually helping and it may be bumpy along the way. We're not the smoothest ride, but we will get you there. There are other people that are going to offer a smooth ride and then you end up back where you started and it's like, well, sorry, but the experience was wonderful. We're about results and that is our core company, what we're all about. Um, so anyone that's like, you know, this ride had a problem, you know, this wasn't the perfect thing that I wanted it to be. Um, even though they got the results, we know, okay, this is not the person that we want to work with. Um, so that's great. Was there, was there a time, Tim, where you had, um, before you had core values, where things were just really bad, like a specific situation maybe that sticks out, maybe um, an asshole you worked with? <laughs> we, we, we've had several, you know, we started this company in 2017, so I had worked in the industry a long time, and I would use the classes that I taught as kind of a, a think tank, and I'd bounce ideas off of them. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I would do is these are these are fifth year apprentices that are fixing to be journeymen. I would list all of the contractors on the board and say, "All right, you're you're available for work. Who would you go to work for, and why?" and we would do a process of elimination and come up with the top three and write all the reasons why they would want to go work there. And, and then when we started our company, that's kind of how we, we came up with our core values. We started it with them um, based on our experience um, throughout the years. And it was, uh, I, I learned a lot from those apprentices I was teaching. I love that. And you know, for everyone here, uh, I'm going to open up to questions. So if you guys have a question, just think about it and uh, I'll get you guys to raise your hands if you've got something you want to ask. You know, I think, I think it's really worth noting, um, you know, all three of us here work in, um, you know, seven slash eight figure businesses a year. And you've got three people up here and we're not talking about, this is our sales model. This is how we find clients. We're, we're talking about core values being the most important thing. And I, you know, I think all of us would agree on that point. So for those of you guys in the audience that are watching live or any of the people in Zoom, if there's a question that you want to ask about finding core values or why you need them or, or how long can you put them off uh, or any other questions you guys might have, please feel free, uh, raise your hand or put your question in the chat and uh, I'll make sure that I, I ask them for you. Um, but I think if you don't have core values, like there is probably nothing better that you can do with your day today than sitting down and actually saying, okay, these are the core values and it's okay to revise them. Like we had our core values for two years before we revised them over Christmas and if, it's actually really funny. We had a staff member that worked for us a year ago and he just came back to work after Christmas. So uh, we didn't have him for a whole year. When he left, he left leaving um, to, to do other things, but he knew our old core values. He's been here for one week under the new core values. And I think he's told me three times that since coming back, it's a night and day difference. And he loves the environment, loves the company, so happy to work here. And it's noticeable he's even better than he was before. So yeah, it's a really cool thing. So uh, any questions, Danielle, anyone in the Zoom? Nope, perfect. Anyone in the room, you guys got any questions at all? Feel free to raise your hand. 
Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so I know you guys all mentioned empathy. Um, what are some ways that you can develop empathy if it's not a strong suit for you? Cool. So uh, it was a great question from somebody in the audience, which was, how can you develop empathy if it isn't a strong suit for you? Uh, Josh, you want to answer first? Uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I've, I've always considered myself fairly empathetic uh, and really kind of feeling what somebody else is feeling uh, in almost any situation. So it would be a little foreign to me to not really understand that. But from my perspective of somebody that is, is constantly sensitive of what the other person is feeling, the, the thing to me is, pay attention to the nonverbal cues and reactions that you see from somebody. Uh, you can, you can tell there's, there's some physiological uh, explanations for some of this. You can tell when people kind of like crunch in like this, there's actually a, a, a book that, that describes your physical reactions to certain feelings. Um, there's one, when you get angry, you start to feel tension up here near your neck and the, and the, uh, one of these, the, delts or traps or something, whatever these are. Yeah. Arm shoulders. Arm shoulder things. <laughs> and uh, Linnell, help me out. <laughs> so, uh, and then there's one for, for sorrow is when you start to feel a little bit of pain in the throat. Uh, longing is in the chest. Fear is in the gut. And uh, I won't go through all of this, but there's, there's physiological explanations. When you're afraid, your brain shuts off your digestive system, like immediate stop, because it's wasting all this energy and it's shooting all that energy back into your rest of your body so that you can bolt or fight if you need to, right? And so when you start paying attention to people's physical cues, you can start to see how they're reacting to you or how they're reacting to a certain situation. But a lot of times they'll never tell you. Oh, everything's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> you know, like squirting blood or whatever. Um, so that, that to me is one of the easiest things because when you start really paying attention to that, it's very subtle. It's, it's like a, it's like a, it's a very tiny thing. But when you notice that, then you can kind of back off and say, okay, maybe not point it out. Like I can see you're stressed. <laughs> that won't help. Um, but kind of taking a step back and saying, hey, you know what? I, I, let me come back to you in like 10 minutes. I got something I'd take care of, you know, take a deep breath, walk outside, whatever you need to do, but just kind of recognizing those cues. Do you have any thoughts on that? Mm -hmm. Developing empathy. I think you really have to put yourself in that person's shoes and think about how you would handle whatever situation that they're dealing with. And, and, sometimes it's it's tough right you're you're a boss you expect something to get done this this is happening and it's preventing that you from getting something done but you have to take the time to to think about what that person's going through and, and what's going on in society that may affect your business and the people that work for you you know Inflation's up, gas prices are high. That's that's putting more stress on the people that work for you. And you have to be cognizant of that. I love that and I think uh, I'll finish with this. We had a staff member, uh, we wanted to bring him on full time. And uh, one of the first things they said was, do I have to come in the office every day? And it was a requirement for us for where we are that we do want people in the office for the culture building, et cetera. And um, the minute we said that, we could just see that they weren't happy. And as we mentioned before, it is possible to work remotely. We've just found 
and we work better as a team. So we went away afterwards, thought about it. They accepted the job, but we can tell they weren't like, yay, they were like, okay. And uh, not what you want to see when somebody accepts a job. So we went back to them and said, look, what if because of your role being slightly different to everyone else's, we made an exception and we let you work, you know, one day a week from home, two days a week if we can, if we can make it work. And the, you just see their face. They went from, yeah, they went from, oh, to please, thank you so much. Oh my God, it makes a difference. Yeah. And that's what we want. We want everyone in the company to be happy, to enjoy it and to want to be there. So um, that was great guys. Thank you so much. If people want to hear more about you, where can they go to find out more if they want your construction and plumbing services or what have you? Um, our website, tcsmech.com. That's, that's a great place to start. Love it. And Josh? I'm everywhere on social media at JT literally. Uh, and if you want to learn more about unbreakable teams, it's unbreakableteams.com. Love that. So thank you all for tuning in and checking out smart businesses. Do this. Now, if you're new to the podcast and you want to learn more about how to build a smart business, then the absolute best place to start is with my smart blueprint ebook. Over 10,000 people have already gone through the book, and it's one of the most comprehensive resources on strategically building and growing your business that you can find anywhere for free. Just visit thesmartblueprint.com forward slash ebook to grab a free copy. And I'll see you on the next episode of Smart Businesses Do This.